with Vernisa and Jen. It's time to speak up. Hello, everyone. My name is Vernisa. Hey, y'all. This is Jen. And this is our podcast, Speak Up. What's up, Jen? Hey, girl. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Got that new episode three on our newest segment, Speak Up JV Now. That's right, y'all. I can't believe how fast time is flying. Yes, most definitely. For those of you that don't know, me and Jen are best friends, and we create this podcast to use our voices to motivate people to overcome life's challenges through self-love and respect. Yes, no matter how old we get, no matter how many segments we do, self-love and respect are two core values we hold near and dear to our hearts. Yes, most definitely. Before we get started, a quick shout out to our amazing sponsors. Shout out to My Bar, located at 720 East Manchester. Get your nails, your lashes, your hair done. Ask for mine from that Speak Up JV sent you. The Instagram is at myy.bar. And shout out to our other sponsor, Crafted by 213. Is your partner tired of your lackluster performance in the kitchen? Are you tired of opening the fridge and not knowing what to cook? Do you close your full pantry and say there's nothing to eat? Well, call Crafted by 213. From catering to classes, let them craft the perfect experience for you. Bringing the flavors of the West Coast with love, Crafted by 213 will always leave you satisfied. Ask for a quote on Instagram at craftedb.213. Shout out to Courtney. <laughs> but y'all, I am so excited for tonight's episode. Like y'all don't even y'all don't even understand. Like I actually just met her and uh, we, we clicked instantly and I am you know, she's an author. Um she's um she's um, a big impact. She's making a big impact on the community. Y'all give it up for R- Rashida Jones. Hey girl. <laughs> hi, hi, good evening. Good evening, how are you? All is well today. It's, it's raining season, but I think that's what we need in uh, Southern California. So <laughs> all is all is well. Yes, folks, definitely welcome to speak of JV. <laughs> Again, thank you all for having me. Um, I'm honored to be here. Yes. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, as you mentioned, I am an author. That is the new title that I wear. I'm an author of a children's book titled Justice. Um, I'm a mental health advocate a community organizer, um, a social worker. I work with youth. So those are just some of the titles that I wear most recently and most proud of in terms of doing the work here in uh, South Central Los Angeles. I love it. Yeah. Born, born and raised in Los Angeles. So I'm a native to the community I serve. Love it. Well, I like how we both got Nipsey in our background too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yep. Always. Always. <laughs> I love that. Um, so tell us about your book, Justice. Okay, so I'm going to just plug it here. Um, so this it has been a year. It was actually about to be a year on January 14th that I self-published this body of work. Um, and it's about a young boy. His dad is incarcerated. And so he's having difficulties processing his feelings. He's experiencing like shame, isolation, embarrassment because, because of his dad's incarceration. And then him and his dad have a moment where they come up um, with coping skills as to how to process his experience. When he does that, he realizes he's not alone. So many other people are experiencing uh, similar situations. And so this moment where he has, where he's like embarrassed and shame becomes a moment of empowerment for justice. And so it is a kid's book, ages, maybe let's say like elementary, second grade to where kids can really receive it. Um, up until like high school and, and even adults has received this book. And so this is what I'm here to talk about and um, how people are impacted, how our communities are impacted and how we can heal from our experiences or not even heal because healing is like linear, but like continue to start our healing process um, and open discussion for things that um, are important to us. Wow, I love that because you you're definitely you definitely are opening up the discussion. Like when me and Jen were reading up more about the bio and stuff, I was like, wow, it's beautiful to have more perspectives out there. You know, everyone's going through different battles, and like when that story is actually written out, more people can relate and feel more comfortable opening up about their story. So, ooh, round of applause for that. So, what was your favorite part about creating the book, Justice? So the the favorite part was connecting to my um, nieces and nephews, because initially it was giving them an assignment like, hey, their dad is incarcerated. Let's talk about your experience. 
as I'm plugging them to have this idea as to ways to make money, share their story. It was like, what can we do um, to give you guys something to do outside of like the everyday activities? And as we're writing it, they became less interested. And now I'm writing it from my perspective. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is now personal. Something that I gave them as a project for themselves became a part of my, my healing. And so, um, yeah, it was just one of those things where it started off as one thing and turned into something else, but uh, something powerful manifested from this project. If that answers your question. Oh, yeah, definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. doing great. I love that so much. Um, so I know you mentioned that you're also a mental health advocate. What got you into speaking about mental health in the first place? Uh, as a social worker, um, I was in grad school. And if you don't know, in college, I personally suggest that you take every opportunity to explore what you like before entering into the career world. And so in grad school, I was like, I'm going to try every internship. It didn't matter. And so I started off as doing like regular social work skills. And then I had the opportunity to go to mental health. I never heard of the term mental health before. Um, and so I wanted to explore and sharpen my skills and I stepped into it. Um, and as I was like under a leadership of a mental health professional, as I was gaining like experience and expertise, I'm seeing that a lot of the things that the clients were experiencing was something similar to what I was experiencing at home, family, my community was experiencing that I had no knowledge of. Like I lacked so much awareness in mental health. And so the more I learned, the more I was like, I can use this for myself. One, I'm big on like self-improvement first before I share the knowledge to anybody. And so as I learned and took, took up um, the information, I was like, okay, this information is useful. I have to take it back home. I have to take it to my family. I have to take it to my community. Um, and I realized there was a lack of, like there was really a lack of. And so I was just empowered to spread more information on mental health. And that's where I've been ever since because there's a need especially um for people of color black and brown folks um especially people who are relatable like we need to know and so that's where my interest came from me just being curious in grad school and i really stuck with it ever since like being a, um, a serious mental health advocate again modeling it for myself and for others Ooh, i love that oh my goodness yeah like that, 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 um, excuse me, that's kind of how where Speaker JV was born for us too, in an aspect of we wanted to spread more awareness in the black and brown community and talk about these things that aren't being talked about. So um, this, this isn't a question that we have right now, but I'm curious, what is a mental health tip you would like to share with, with someone who's, it could be anything, like a random. A mental health tip. Mm -hmm. It could be a mental health tip or a fact, something you, I'm curious. Fact? I would say like remove any stigmas about mental health, like mm. define like what mental health looks like for you, right? So there's like mental illness, like what that looks like. And then like, what does it mean to maintain your mental health? So be very clear as to what that definition is. Um, and then like write down like, what does joy look like for you? What does happiness look like for you? Like define what those feelings look like for you. Like, so basically just starting with self. Like that is my tip to anyone. Um, and as to why I mentioned, like I gained this awareness of mental health and I started with myself. Like, I'm like, what does this mean? What does this look like for me? What does self-awareness look like for me? All right, now let me reach out to a therapist. Like, so again, if you want to understand mental health, that is a tip, like start with self first and really just defining who you are. Mm. Yeah, you got me and Ginger cheesing on this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I can bring some styles on this rainy day. <laughs> yeah um i love that so much because i feel like you know it's easy to give advice or feel like we're giving the right advice to people but if we're not actually doing that work how do we even know that it's actually working right so you bringing that out there it's like hey here's proof that you know i'm not only trained and certified to give this advice but i've also done it myself and especially seeing a woman of color um that's super important because i feel like our community we a lot of times when we think of mental health, we may think of like, you 
know, somebody like a white person, right? Like a white therapist or, you know, somebody who wouldn't understand um, our particular struggles in speaking out about it. So when we see somebody like you, it's like, oh, shoot, you know, there are people like us out there who are willing to speak out on this, who are willing to help as well. Um, and who can also still relate because, you know, even as much as work as we may do on ourselves or anything, like we're still willing to talk to people about it and say, hey, you know, I'm not fully done healing yet myself, but I'm here to help out or to listen or to heal with you along the way. Um, so I love that we're able to have you on here because we need more faces like us out there, especially women as well, um, to be able to be willing to talk about these different subjects that maybe others may not be so willing to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's beautiful that, that you said that, Bestie, because also too, um, seeing more faces like us and people having the bravery to come come out there about what they've been through and showing, look, I survived this and I became, I, I like renewed and evolved from what happened to me in the past to become this powerful person I am today to be able to speak about it and help others. So thank you yes again for being on here. So how has the new year been for you lately? I know we're nine days in, but how you feeling so far? A little mental check-in. Uh, how I'm feeling? I'm feeling really good. Um, normally I have a list of goals and accomplishments that I want to set out, but this year I switched it up a little bit. Um, I said, I, I know with my work ethic and my faith, um, that everything that I want to do, it's going to happen. Like I speak that the power of the tongue is going to happen. So let me just continue to improve what I'm already doing. Mm-hmm. And so in, in terms of mentally, physically, emotionally, like just continue to build instead of creating a whole new list, let me just build. So my physical, I'm, I'm training to run a marathon. So, you know, I'm, out, I'm outside in the rain, no matter what the weather is, um, being physically and mentally prepared for that. Um, and just embracing the days that they come, like con- connecting spiritually has been really big for me lately. So being intentional and in, in, when I start my day, being intentional as to how I want my day to be and it, seeing it blossom into into what I said in the, the morning. So I have no day nine in. I have no not one complaint because I'm taking it as it comes. Like I'm embracing each day as it comes. Mm. And I love that. Um, shout for, of course, I want to say shout out to. Shout, shout out to Keep It 100. That's where You're I actually right. met. Yes. I met yes. Rashida at. And I want to, speaking of the new year and everything, I, you, something you said stood out to me. I remember it was like the last run of the year on, on for Tuesday run. And you had came to the middle and you were, um, you know, but, but it was asking us, oh, wait, anything that you want to say about the, about the, the past year? And you got up there and said, um, you really wrote out and thought about everything you were grateful for and really realized how blessed you really are. And I needed you that spoke to me because I feel like in this world it's so easy to focus on what's going bad or like these little shortcomings that we have. But it's like if you really do sit there and put everything out like wow, I am blessed, you know, to have a job, an income, whatever it is, a roof over my head. It's like wow. So I wanna say thank you on here for that because sure. you, you spoke to me that day when you um said that to the to, to the group. For sure. And that's the intentional part that we talk about is like, how are we intentional? And even today, I want to just um, share something that my colleague shared with me at work. Um, he mentioned, he said, write out 300 things that you want to ask God for. And I'm like, 300? And and he's like, 300. And so I thought about it like, there's so many things that we take for granted that we ask for. And so a lot of people are like, okay, give me the house, give me the car, give me like all of these tangible things. But like, what about peace? What about mental stability? What about like genuine friendship and connection? What about community? So there's so many things. And I'm pretty sure like when I eventually sit that that list will come so easily because there's so many things that we may need that'll fill our cup to keep us mentally and emotionally stable as we navigate life. So not to go spiritually, but I am a spiritual person, but it all comes full circle. Um, when you ask for things and you want things, um, you have to be connected somewhere into something. Wow, that was, that was beautifully said. Yeah, I love that because the physical things or like you're saying, the tangible things, they can be taken away at any point. But like your peace, who can really take that away if you're continuously being, you know, like how we are close to God or having our faith. Um, so I think it is important to start thinking about that and i love that exercise i might actually adopt that so thank you for sharing that with us um because you know i think in life a lot of us we wait for like the bigger things or 
thinking of that final destination of something, but it's like we don't realize how many baby steps we even have to take to get there. And one of those is having the right mindset for it, right? Because any goal that you have, you're going to have to have that mindset. Um, you have to be in a good physical health more than likely to achieve any type of goal. So being grateful for that. So that's like putting all those things into perspective and showing that it's never too early or too late in the year to start appreciating those things. Um, so for any of, you know, when this episode does come out, um, for anybody out there who is listening, I think it would be a great exercise for all of us to do, especially now that it is the beginning of the year. A lot of us feel like we can have a fresh start, you know, if we were waiting for the for 2023, or if it's just a random Tuesday or a random Thursday, whatever, that we can finally start being grateful for something. Because if we really sit down, we can find those things, but it just takes a matter of actually doing it. So. I really like that and I'm grateful that you shared that. So I'll start with that as my number one. Yes, <laughs> yes I love it. So tonight's episode is titled Give Your Story Justice. So, you know, in honor of her book, Justice, we had yeah. to play with some words and put it together. So tonight's access question of the day is how would you make someone feel comfortable enough to share their story? So I'll go ahead and start. I'm really big on passion. Um, I, um, I feel like when people, get asked that question what are you passionate about they light up and honestly when people are passionate about something there's something that stems it's a reason they're passionate about that so for me that's a good conversation starter a good way to make someone comfortable because i feel like when they say what they're passionate about they're gonna eventually go into their story of what brings them to that passion what uh, what about you ladies Where yeah. wants to go first? i love that a lot um i think for me it would be Obviously, like not pushing the person beyond what they're comfortable sharing, right? Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. But also, too, once they do start sharing, I like to sit still and, you know, obviously make that eye contact gestures. But for me, that's a big one because I noticed the more I sit still uh, within a comfortable silence, of course, I'm not going to be all awkward and just, you know, <laughs> but um, it creates that room of safety of like, oh, okay, you know, I can keep going. Like there's no judgment here or she's letting me finish uh, venting or something like that. And I noticed that's been helping me a lot with um, any type of person that I meet in my life. And it even makes me comfortable enough to share certain parts of my story with certain people because it's like, oh, dang, you know, thank you for sharing that with me. In order to build that trust or that bond as well, I'll share something back. So I would say the silence along with a little piece of vulnerability on my side helps me make someone feel comfortable enough to share their story. Oh, love that. Um, I, I actually like, like what both of you all mentioned. I heard vulnerability um, and allowing like safe space. Um, and I would have to agree. Um, for me, I'm big on building rapport. Um, so before you even tell me a story, like, what's your name? How, how are you? Um, tell me something you enjoy. Like, let me let me see you for you, you first before I hear your story. Once we develop that that connection and you we sense a vibe then if you want to share your story then by all means but and then it's me checking in with myself too do I even have the capacity for what you're about to share because depending on the time and the place I know me and I want to be intentional and so if I don't have the capacity mentally and emotionally or it's just not the time I'm I'm not even going to create that space for for you too I'll probably invite it at another time. It may sound crazy, but sometimes we have to protect our energy first and be intentional because let's just say, Bernice, you have something to say and I'm 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 rushing. I gotta go to the next place. And then I have to cut you off. And you're like, well, this is why I don't never open up to people or I never share. So just being really intentional with that. But I, I would say like building rapport would be my first step. So we you may not share that story initially when we meet, but because we connected. You're more than likely to share it again because if it's meant to be we'll connect again to where you'll be able to share the story but i, I really do believe in building rapport initially first so you can be vulnerable you know i think that's a social worker in your- oh, yes. oh beautiful <laughs> yes i mean like wait tell me your name first how do you feel yeah, today like don't don't just pour it all on me because this is a, it's a dual relationship like we both have to be ready to receive what's about to go down so what's about to go down I love it <laughs> but again oh, holding space like hold, holding space all together though because again mm-hmm. this is real situation real life people 
and you may be sparking up like trauma. You may be, you may be really digging for something and just, are you ready to receive that? Mm -hmm. Oh, I like that. Hope y'all listening out there. <laughs> I know on that one. that's a good one. Wow, great answers, ladies. That was a good. So we're gonna talk about now the importance of speaking about what you've been through and like the healing effects of owning your story. Um, I, I I actually find I find it very healing to acknowledge the things that I've been through and then like to have to know who to share it with, like you were saying, and like when to share it. You know that has uh, definitely helped me because um, there, there was a time like I used to like hold things in and act like nothing bothered. Oh, I'm okay. It's fine. But um, I was actually hurting myself by like just letting everything fester within me. So that's something I would have to say about that. Yeah, one big thing that I love that you mentioned from your book that um, has a lot to do with sharing the story is realizing you're not alone, right? Like mm -hmm. I think that's the big thing that stood out. And when I think about it, it's like, yeah, you know, I can't be the only person in the world who's going through this particular situation. Mm -hmm. yes, you know, maybe my particular family member or something, or even myself, but it like somebody has been through something in that sense. And if I'm not talking to anybody, whether professional or not, like how will I ever know? You know, and especially if we've never been taught on how to properly deal with something traumatic or, you know, anything that may have happened to us, then we don't know if we're actually on a more destructive cycle versus like actually working towards our healing. So you're realizing that in speaking out about our stories and what we've been through, that we can actually build maybe even a community or maybe build um, uh, a trusting relationship with somebody. And it's just a beautiful thing because I feel like us as humans, we are social creatures, right? We're not meant to be alone. So if we can go through even our struggles with somebody, whether it's just an, an ear to listen to, a shoulder to cry on, whatever, like it's comforting in a sense in knowing, you know, as much as my world feels like it's crashing down, I don't have to go through this alone. And there's somebody who's going to help me ease that pain even just a little bit. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, sorry, Rashida, were you about to say something? No, I was just going to say, um, as I'm listening to, it's like, it's kind of like a learned behavior. Like we're taught, like what, what goes on in this house stays here, or we're taught by society that, um, if you have somebody incarcerated, like they're bad. And so I don't want to associate myself with, with it being bad because now everybody's going to look at me like I'm the bad person. But then you unlearn that, or at least that's what I had to do. And that's what I display injustice is that I have to now learn that it is okay. Like as, as though I learned that it was not okay to express myself or to keep my business in my house and not to speak against things. Now I'm having to relearn that it, it is actually, it actually is okay. And so that's a learning process. And that's why, you know, you all are creating this platform to say like, hey, there's power in this and, and let's talk about it and let's create platforms and communities to relearn what we were taught. Because again, society is shifting. And so, mm -hmm. and it's shifting in a major way and in an important way. And so how can we empower ourselves through storytelling? Um, yeah. It, it's crazy that you mentioned, yeah, well, I love that you mentioned storytelling because last week we engendered an episode and we were talking about the different lenses that we see the world through. We all see the world differently, you know, because of everything that we've been through and how our lives have shaped us. So it's really about giving people that grace too as well, because you don't know what lens they're looking at the world from. You don't, you know what I mean? We're all very, all three of us look at this world differently. So that's a good thing to bring up. So um, in honor of everybody, justice, what does justice mean to you? Ooh, um, oh, what does justice mean to me? Um, what does it look like to me? It's like having the ability to be, to be free and like not equal, but like, like equity, like us having like the same access, like that's, that's justice. Um, giving fair opportunity, giving second and third chances, providing resources for things that we need. Like, that's what justice looks like for me, like standing up against and for things that matter, um, speaking up for people who don't really have a voice or the courage to speak up against themselves, um, empowering people. Like, there's not just one definition for justice. Like, justice is my baby. Like, that's what justice means. Like, justice can have so many different meanings um, for me, like when I look at it, but it's ultimately like speaking against and for something. 
um, in an empowering way um, that benefits not just self, but like community uh, for all of us. Oh, I love it. Y'all heard it first here from the author. <laughs> the real definition of justice. I love it. <laughs> Jada has a question for you. Um, so tell us more about mental health. Yes. So uh, Mental Note by Imani Tafik is my other baby. I call it my projects like my babies because I put so much hard work and intention and um, just love into it. And so Mental Note by Imani is a platform where I just promote mental health in the Black community. And so there's three ways that I do it. Um, I talk personally through my experience in a relatable way through blog writing, just about different topics. Um, and then I have a um, writing Wednesday feature where I provide a quote and then there's a quote and then there's a writing prompt and then you have the opportunity to write. And then the last portion is feature Friday. And so if you're willing to share your work, if you use writing as a form of healing or coping, then you can share your work on the platform. And so you just have people throughout the community submit their work and I feature it on the website. Um, and what has come from that is I created mental note cards. And so in the mental note card deck, you have music, you have affirmations, you have quotes, you have um, coping skills, you have activities and you have writing prompts, all created by me or inspired by some of my favorite music or um, like influential people. And so the idea is what if I cannot afford therapy? What if I don't have access um, or the time, I can just pull a card from this deck and, and listen to the song that's gonna uplift my mood or write because I need to write and I don't know what to write about, but I need to release these emotions. Or I don't know, I don't know any coping skills, but I can pull a coping skill and it'll tell me to go dance in the mirror or go take a hot bath with lavender. And so the idea is just to, again, from a cultural perspective, like I'm a, I'm a black woman, young, relatable, or I feel like I'm relatable in some ways. And so I think there's a lot of um, people who are not as relatable um, to our culture, who are giving us tools and resources that we need to help us. So I'm like, let me create something for us by us that can be useful and helpful to our community. So that is my platform, Mental Health um, by Imani. And then the tangible tool would be the mental note cards because I believe in yes I'll make you aware I'll promote mental health I'll share my experience so you can know that I'm not just talking just to be talking but then you also have something tangible to walk away from or walk away with and so yeah that's amazing because I think in that aspect too you make you make mental health less scary you know like uh how you were saying it's relatable so i think a lot of us at least me right before i started all of this like i used to think of mental health as like oh my gosh i have to talk to somebody i have to do all these big things you know and there's a deadline for it but with yours you're like um can i call it a toolkit is, is that safe well, to yeah it's a tangible tool okay yeah. <laughs> tangible tool like you make it doable in these steps that we may not have thought about in a mental health way like dancing in front of a mirror or like feeling yourself type of thing like we don't typically think of that as like working on our mental health or healing so you're putting that into perspective of like oh that's a great way for me to uplift my mood or just feel a little bit better today and it makes it to where it's like okay if i do something like this on a consistent basis then maybe i can get to a better space where i am healing a little bit better and maybe a little bit faster and if i know that other people in my community are doing this then it can be even better. It's not such a big taboo thing where it's like, oh, you know, what'd you do today? And it's like, oh, I, I felt myself today. You know, I danced my favorite song. I looked in the mirror, told myself a few affirmations. Like, it's a thing where it's like, dang, let me try that. And you don't know how many people are going to start building up on that. So I love that a lot because I feel like this is even a conversation that we can bring even to other people who may have been afraid to talk about mental health or even realize what it all consists of right because mental health we all know it's not just the mindset it all connects together with all uh aspects of our bodies so thank you for sharing that not just with us but just with everybody in general for sure how you feel what you think it all contributes as to how you behave and so um again something as simple as let me try a new hairstyle today can really change your mood you know and it's something so simple adding a vegetable like 
to your diet or to your lifestyle, drinking more water. Like there's so many different things that you don't even connect, but it all plays a part. The music you listen to, your morning routine, like, are you making the bed or are you just like all over the place? Add in 15 extra minutes to your day for start time. Like all of that contributes. And those are literally the small things that can make a world of difference. And so I always like to say, life is going to happen. We're going to, there's going to be death. There's going to be things that's going to make us sad. There's going to be things that can put us in a space. But like what you choose to do and how you respond is the ultimate decision, you know, and there, there's going to be some mental health illnesses that we just can't escape that are more like out of our control. And you, you're going to need like medicine and stuff like that. But what you can control, like let's take hold of what you can control for yourself. Oh, Yes, well said. I love the hairstyle one. That's Jean. Jean, change your hairstyle. Seriously, so change your hairstyle. You're going to be yeah. feeling, feeling yourself, okay? And I'm the dancing in the mirror one. That's mine. Yes. <laughs> it's literally the smallest thing. And it goes off of what we were saying about, um, you know, you never, you know, you realize you're not alone. And I love this because even though all the people that are reading the, the cards that you have aren't sitting in the same room, they're still interacting with each other because all these were made by someone else within the community. So it is a way for everyone to come together. And then, like you said, it's people that are relatable. You know, um, I remember being in college, me and Jim both went to UC Santa Cruz and I had a, a coworker, I worked at a coffee shop and she, she was a psychology major and she was reading me some statistics that she learned in the class, but it was all Eurocentric, like basically the statistics that she read. And it, it, it did definitely did not go with the black and brown community. And I had to correct her about that because I was like, you know, you're reading these, these statistics as if they're facts, but I was like, that doesn't go for everyone. You have to check what data is this, is, is it representing me? Which, which population? So I'm glad you brought that up about, you know, people being relatable, coming together, giving that advice to each other. So, and just to it. piggyback off of that, I'm glad that you mentioned that, but before I did made justice, like I actually did my research in grad school on the impacts of incarceration. And mm -hmm. so I was looking at a lot of research and you have a lot of, again, people who don't look like us telling our stories. So mm -hmm. I'm like, why not me add the re do my own research, do my own data, be a contributing factor as a black woman who has had someone incarcerated and see what that's like and add to this body of knowledge. And then look past what has came out of that. Like I graduated and did my research study in 2015. And you have how many years later, four or five years later, where I'm writing a book, a tangible tool, how incarceration can impact you, but then also tools as to what you can do to support while still promoting literacy, children's literacy and building family relationships. So yeah, that's important. Us adding and telling and narrating our own stories. Oh, I love that. Yeah, real big out there. So what um got you into writing? Oh, a way to cope. It was my form of coping. Um, as a young girl, it was like, sometimes mom didn't have it. And sometimes we couldn't go outside. And it was just a lot of barriers. Um, and so I had my imagination. I had a, a, a diary and I had my pen. So I just allowed my imagination to go with me. And so I've been writing ever since. It will go from storytelling to dear diary to um, writing self note and love affirmation notes and letters to myself and to now me forming a book and working on another one. It's just writing is so therapeutic for me. Um, and then especially being able to go back. So I have my writings. Sometimes I tear them up because I, I don't want to live those experiences or feelings anymore. And then majority of my writings, I keep them because I go back like, God, look what you didn't take me through. Like, or Rashida, look how much growth you have. Or look at all the things that you said that you wanted out of life. And now look at where you are. I found something when I was 18 and I wrote, I want to go to college. I want to have a bank account. Like, it was just like small stuff that I wanted at 18. And then here I am, you know, in my early 30s, like, look at God. Like, and I still have that paper. That paper will be with me forever. But just like the power of manifesting and praying and actually working hard for it. And so, again, I say all that to say writing has been very therapeutic for me and like helping me see and plan how I, I want wanted my life to look. Oh, my goodness. That is so beautiful. Like you actually made a tear come out of my eye because I like to write. I like to write poetry and I de definitely witnessed the healing effects of writing, like especially when you're at your lowest and it really just comes out. So um, thank you for sharing, by the way, because it's, it's so true. Like, and Jen likes to draw, so that's her coping thing. <laughs> Everybody got to have art. You got to have something. 
Um, so it's time for our tweet up segment. So y'all know I like to be on Twitter. So <laughs> something that I tweeted this week that goes with our um, episode is, you never know what battles people are fighting. Show love. So this is huge. It goes, uh, me and Jira actually talking about this last week. We're talking about, you know, first it could be smiling, but you do not know what their mind is telling them, what their self-talk is like. So um, it's just learning to just be, be kind to strangers. Anyone you see on the street, just be nice. Um, you don't know their story. <laughs> you don't know what they're dealing with, what they're coping with. And, you know, I don't know if you guys ever had like a rough day and someone just gave you guys just a compliment or smiled at you or made you laugh and it just made your day that little gesture. And I, I've been telling myself, I want to be that gesture for people. Like I'm one of those people, like if you walk past me, I want to make, you know, make you smile or if I can give someone a giggle, like that makes me feel good knowing I'm giving light out there because you don't know like what someone's day is looking like. Mm-hmm. I agree a hundred percent. I'm big on acknowledging someone's presence, you know, because I feel like, especially nowadays, there's a lot of people who don't say hi, you know, or something, or like we're afraid to say hi, which is valid to a certain extent. Of course, I'm not saying, you know, just talk to anybody and befriend anybody. Cause yeah, times are tough, but I'm big on like, if I'm crossing somebody in the hallway or in the restroom or something, I'll be like, Oh, hello. You know, if they decide not to say hello or they give me a rude, uh, remark or whatever that's on them but at least I did my part and I know that my heart came with the best intentions but also in doing that too like I've started random conversations with like just people you know and I remember one particular situation I was talking to this one lady in the restroom she was telling me like something her grandson did th- that day and she we just had a big old laugh but it was like a five minute conversation in a restroom if I hadn't said hi to her that probably would have never happened but it's like it made me happy because i'm like dang there's still people out there willing to talk you know and have good conversations just whole wholesome conversations i want to say too and it just shows that not everything has to be so doom and gloom in our lives like i know yes we're all going through something but sometimes these little conversations are healing on their own as well so it goes with the showing love part because i don't know what this lady was going through i don't even remember her name or anything but you know i know i made her laugh too with my little comments so hopefully that made her day even just a little bit better and knowing too that we can do that with other people who maybe we've talked to on the phone or you know whatever like it just shows that it's doesn't take a lot to be kind to somebody and to show love out there um even in the most humanly way too because you know we're all human so we all deserve at least that little bit of acknowledgement in that sense sure that was beautiful um so rashida if you if you had to describe the impact of the book justice in one word what would it be one word Mm -hmm. just one word we like challenges the impact of it. Maybe liberating? Hmm. Liberating. Yes. Um, I love that. Liberating. And I'll tell you why. Because it has allowed so many people to come out like, hey, this is my story. Or hey, you spoke to the inner child in me that I didn't even know that I was experiencing. I needed this. I could have imagined what this was like if if this was around if I was young. Or then you have men coming out or young boys like being able to see the representation of this young boy expressing himself. And so you have men like being expressive. And so that's a liberating feeling like when you know like a tool can do that for people. And so again, Mm. a lot of things that I do like this was a goal, but this is way bigger than me. Like this is something that can shift like our community and be like an asset. And so it's a, it was a liberating feeling writing it because it was my story and I got it out, but also it, it allowed other people to feel liberated and living in their truth. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I feel like liberating is a nice word to use too. Cause I, I think of liberating, you know, you think of freedom, you think of everything, it goes with justice and it goes with like releasing the shackles of the fear, you know, the things that hold us back. Oh, I don't want to be myself. You know, sometimes we're scared to be ourselves and we're, or we're ashamed of our story. Like let's say there, there is something in our upbringing that ain't, you know, ain't the best thing, but there's something beautiful and liberating about owning that and, you know, being able to say, I've been, I've been through this. So, oh, great word. That was good. And here I am and here we are and we still rise. Like that was, one of the biggest the messages at the end is like we still rise and so in spite of dad being incarcerated in spite of um 
justice going through what he's going through in spite of mom of course like being a single mom which we see all the time like holding the family down or even single dads like regardless of whatever our community go through whether it's divorce um mental health issues like whatever the social issue is like we still rise above because of the resiliency we have in us and because of like you know the love in the community where we're able to build and stuff and so yeah Oh, I love that. <laughs> yes. Um, and I think this is why too it's important to be fair with ourselves when we're even sharing our story or recalling our story. Like I know for me growing up I was taught, you know, that whole like, oh, not my kid, not in my family type of thing. So I grew up thinking I had to be a certain way. If I made a mistake at any point, like then I must be a bad child, you know. And obviously we're all our own worst critics, so that critic in me just became even bigger and I was like oh well I have to be the good child you know I have to do this and it just created a lot of pressure for myself that when I did make certain mistakes or I was you know involved with certain people that I shouldn't have been it made me feel ashamed of that of those decisions that I made and while I'm trying the best to take accountability for them it also um reminds me that I should be more fair with myself in the sense of you know what I was working with what I was given at the time I didn't understand certain ways um, that I shouldn't have been living at that time as well and now that I know better and I'm trying to do better I should also have grace with myself in that sense that mm -hmm. at least with those decisions that I've made the people that I came upon um, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be the woman that I am today. And I'm actually not ashamed of that story anymore. And yeah, while I'm not going to go out there and share my entire family story or, you know, personal story, there are certain things that I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'll own it. I came from this type of household, you know, and even helping my parents in that sense too. um, letting them know that it's okay, that our family's not perfect, you know, that there is some dysfunction going on right there. And while, you know, teaching like traditional Hispanic parents is really hard, they're more open to at least talking about it within us too, because I feel like within my immediate family, that wasn't a conversation that was happening. But throughout the years, it's something that we've become more comfortable with. And at least now we're building that unity and being able to help each other. So I feel like a lot of our um, communities can start at least with their individual households and having that fairness with each other and knowing you know what like maybe there were certain things in our environment that led us to make certain decisions um, that we may not be so proud of but now that we're acknowledging them how can we take the steps to be better from them oh okay yeah. okay just picking up tonight <laughs> Love it. now that's good stuff um it reminds me of a, a convo that I was having with one of my old teachers. We were saying like, again, society has made us think that because how you were just mentioning like, like different family norms and that can be looked at as shameful or whatever. But then when you look and change perspective, it's like, we are the culture and we, we built, so there's so many other things to be proud of in terms of the creativity that we have and how we like made nothing out of something you know and so as though we did we didn't have access or resources certain things and we made mistakes like that's okay too but look how much more greater of a contribution we have made to society and so those are things to be proud of and stand tall on like do you know we create you see these braids we rocking like we did all this or this food or like we invented this and it's just like so many other things to be proud of and it's like walking that like these other things we had no control over when you want to get deep like we didn't have control over how they redlined us and put drugs in our community and snatched our fathers out of our home there was a lot of stuff we did not have control over and people had to make a way i don't want to get deep but it's just like there's so many things so we don't have to be ashamed of that because that was by design like there was mm -hmm. structures put into place for that to happen but these are the million things that we do have uh, to be proud of and so we're working through that we're, we're working through it and so I, I like how you said Jen like giving ourselves grace and our households grace and just making us aware like no we got so much more to be proud of like this is just small and we'll work through these things and we'll take accountability for these things but look at all of these amazing things that we have done um and so I like to teach my students that like be proud like be proud and when you walk with like being proud of who you are and what you come from and have more self-awareness and more self-love and divine, defining who you are. That's another step to your mental health. Like, and you really feel good, you know? So thank you for that. Great, Grace. 
That was yeah, that was really good. I'm glad you brought I brought that up, like the relationship with yourself, because yeah, that's how you're gonna acknowledge your story, what you've been through, how it shaped you, the good and the bad, and what you're doing with the bad and transmuting that. So that that was well said. So you kind of already answered this, but if you have something else you want to um, add on to it, what's your favorite coping mechanism? We are going through a tough time. I know you said writing, but is there anything else? Like another anything outdoor in nature like if i feel mm-hmm. like if i can get to a beach like we have the luxury of being here in california and so we have access to a free a free beach i like to emphasize that and in the, mm-hmm. the, the hiking trails and all that because that's free it don't it don't cost nothing to do that and so outside of writing if i can just go and watch a sunrise or a sunset or just be in nature and be present like so i'm touching the sand like literally um feeling what it's like or like I'm breathing or I'm like listening to the waves like all of that is very uh therapeutic because it reminds you like this is what I'm going through but like look at all of these things that are so much bigger than me that we take for granted you know so that's another one of my coping skills that I deprived myself of for a very long time like access to nature and knowing that nature all around me makes me feel alive Oh, I, I'm glad you brought up nature because, um, like I said before, me and Jen went to um, UC Santa Cruz, and the school's actually in the forest, and it's right by the ocean. But we were, when we went, you know, with, with me being like, you know, back from down here in Southern California, I never been around that much nature and stuff. So when I was up there, you know, while we were 18 to 21, I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> like I used to think, oh, it's boring up here. I didn't realize, but at this age now, this moment in my life, I wish I was around that nature 24 seven like that. So yeah, like that, that is an example of something that we do take for granted every day. So it is time for our life up segment. So our life up segment is when we take uh, the topic of related to today's world. So Bessie, what's our life up for tonight? So we've kind of touched up on this a little bit, but um, in particular, this segment is about people being ashamed of their story, right? And we've talked about how sharing our story may actually be more healing for us than we realize. Um, I think what I love seeing now is, yeah, how acceptable it is becoming to talk about different things in our lives. And there's different niches, even on like social media for certain communities and things like that. Um, So it's breaking that stigma, that barrier of like, oh, you know, am I the only one like this and things like that. And it lets us know that it's okay to own that, right? Like some people make whole accounts on, you know, a particular topic, uh, maybe on a a focusing on a mental health topic. And it's just great seeing other people rely on that community. Like I know for me, I have certain apps that are specifically for like a medical, um, surgery that I had and it's helping me a lot in getting through that because I know now too that I'm not the only one who's gone through that particular situation like even if nobody in my immediate group has knowing that there's other women out there who have um lets me know that I shouldn't be ashamed of what's going on with me and when I am ready to talk about it that it's okay for me to actually do that um on like a more you know widespread platform but I think we need to let people know that it's okay to have the story that they have that we all come with trials and tribulations you know unfortunately we, we have our traumas so if we're shaming others in them thinking that they shouldn't be feeling the way that they do then we're just creating further gaps in people and we're just silencing the people who may need help the very most because they may not be the first ones to outright speak about it or fight against it um you know how we're talking about with the justice so when we're letting people know that they have that safe space um no matter what kind of community they coincide with then it's letting them know okay yeah this might be normal maybe not the way i'm handling it but the fact that it happens let me find out other ways on how i can be at a healthier um relationship with what's happened to me i like that also too us stemming away from judging people for for their story mm-hmm. you know i think it's big especially like with social media you see it all the time so so probably have a vulnerable moment to come out about something they've been through and then hear the comments it's always that one person like you know stabbing a knife in it and it's like it goes back to what we were saying about like having you know being kinder to people being nice to people i i feel like um you know we don't pick the spoon we don't pick our you know what, what we're born into we only pick how we react and what we do with it from there so it's big so how do we fix this yeah show kindness show love you know get to know yourself and, and not be ashamed of your story of what you've been through so what made you feel comfortable to start speaking about your own story? Um, 
a safe space was provided. It took me a very long time. I didn't get it. This is new. So me do, me talking and it's still some parts that will always be sacred to me. Like I have to, I read the room and I have, I'm really big on discernment. So even to this day, I will be very transparent and I will be very vulnerable, but I know who I can do it with because just imagine you all invite me here to share your story and then I share, and you have nothing to offer me. Or, and then you hear judgmental comments or you hear things where you're not really hearing me and you're, you have me on here to talk, but you're, you know, like, so I, there's some stuff that I always encourage people like, you know, what to share, when to share it. Um, but ultimately a safe space was provided for me through an organization called SE Justice Group. And it's a group, an organization that I'm a part of, and it's for women who um, have loved, loved ones incarcerated. And so that space allowed me to be my full transparent self in that space. Once they held me like as a woman being seen as a woman with an incarcerated loved one and no judgment and stuff like that, that's when I knew like I had to take this, I always say like turn my pain into purpose. And so in that space, it gave me the confidence and the love that I needed to go out into the world to even advocate on behalf of incarceration. Because prior to that, in college, like I didn't want nobody to know I had someone incarcerated. Prior to that, I didn't want nobody to know that I was from South Central Los Angeles. Like there was no pride in it because of what I thought the world would perceive me as. But it was in that group that exposed me to love and held me as a woman and seen me as, you know, someone who who needed it. And so from there, that's when I went to therapy and developed the self-awareness and the mental health. Um, and so I would say just having a safe space and, and that's how it started. That's where it stemmed from. And which is why, again, it's important to provide platforms with people who can do that because prior to that, I did not have it. I had everything else, but I didn't have that safe space. I, even within my friends, like I still didn't feel safe but where I can go to them and they understood. I knew they loved me. I knew that they would listen, but I didn't think that they can hold me in the way that I needed them to hold me. And so it was that organization who like helped me develop and blossom into this advocate, into this woman, into this empowered, um, proud person that I am when it comes to um, incarceration. Oh, wow. That was, that was beautiful. Um, so we have another sponsor to shout out. Shout out to Be Actual Natural. Why settle for less? All the products are created with you in mind for a goal to let your self-love show through your self-care. The chemical-free hair and skin care products are handmade, plant-based, and free of fillers or taking care of yourself. Start your journey at www.beactualnatural.com or check them out on Instagram at Be Actual Natural. And also shout out Lakita's book, Swipe Right, on yourself. Great book, by the way. So it's time for our drink of water saver. Y'all know what time it is. So pull your water out and drink some water. And Jen has a water fact for tonight. All right. Oh, so my water. I forgot <laughs> to send it to you. I, nope. I have water, but I am hydrating, okay? I'm hydrating. <laughs> um, so the water fact for tonight is drinking water may activate your metabolism. A boost in metabolism has been associated with the positive impact on energy level. One study found that drinking 500 milliliters of water boosted the metabolic rate by 30% in both men and women. These effects appear to last over an hour. And I think this is great, right? Because a lot of us, or maybe not a lot of us, but some of us may be thinking like, oh, you know, maybe I don't digest as well as I should, or, you know, I want my metabolism to work a little bit faster. Sometimes all we need is a little bit more water. Um, you know, granted that we're healthy in other areas of our lives, but this is great because sometimes it's just that boost on that energy that we may need without like the sugar, you know, that may come from a soda or an energy drink or something like that. Um, and it also just helps keep you from being more thirsty and keeping that level up for at least an hour. I think that's amazing. Um, you know, so don't take that water for granted. Make sure you're drinking your water every single day, whether it's hot, cold or anything in between. Yeah, drink our water or Jane gonna get you. We gonna get you. <laughs> now back to our episode. So Rashida, where do you see your writing career in five years? In five years? Manifest it. <laughs> yes. Um, so right now I'm currently wrapping up a book. Um, it's like a memoir. So I'm work I'm working on that now. Um 
and I want to write another children's book. So I see two more books in five years and I see me just continuing to use writing as a form of coping. Um, that's it for now. Um, I, I really do believe that justice is going to take me very far um, because it's the first. It's the first. And so wherever it takes me, um, um, I'm ready. I'm ready. Nice. Love that. Oh, that was great. So it is time for our um, quote of segment. So y'all know my bestie is a Cody, so she has a quote for tonight. Tonight's quote is, you're not a victim for sharing your story. You are a survivor setting the world on fire with your truth. And you never know who needs your light, your warmth, and raging courage by Alex L. And I love this because it's pretty much summing up what we've been talking about in this whole episode. Um, but especially with the setting the world on fire with your truth, right? Because it's like you don't know how much we just need to spark that conversation how much it's just gonna how much is really needed in the community until it's actually talked about and if maybe you're the first one who does it, it maybe the scariest most terrifying thing but when you see the impact that your story has afterwards then you realize like oh shoot you know and maybe it doesn't even have to be on such a big scale too if you know public speaking isn't somebody's thing it can also be just maybe with the family member that uh, you never know needed your story or they maybe did some damage and you're finally letting it out and they didn't realize, you know, that happens too, unfortunately, um, or whatever the story is, that if we finally feel safe enough to share it, we don't know who's listening. We don't know who may have needed those words or to just know, hey, somebody who appears to be normal, somewhat put together on the outside is going through something like this too, then dang, you know, it, it's okay. Like I can do this too. Oh, that was, that was beautiful. Good way you summarized, you summarized it real good. So what is a quote that you live by? Is this for me? Oh, uh, yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm like, oh, um, oh my God. I have, I have like three. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> There's one by James Baldwin. If I love you, I have to make you conscious of the things you don't see. Mm. So that's one. Um, all time favorite is another. It, it always seems impossible until it's done by Nelson Mandela. Yes. Um, yeah. And then there's one um, by Nipsey Hussle that I just love is um, I'm, I'm taking time to make the proper use of my influence. And oh. so I feel like I realized that I do have somewhat of an influence and I just want to make sure that I'm doing right by it. And so I'm taking my time with making sure that I give more, plant more seeds intentionally. So those are like my top three. Definitely, you're definitely doing it. And you know, Nipsey got the quote for real. So. Got <laughs> I got one title on me too, but yeah, I love it. Okay, yeah. So uh, what we're saying with this episode to you guys is embrace your battle scars from your story, you know? Um, like how many scars we got on our physical flesh? I'm like, oh, and this happened to me today. But you kind of laugh, not laugh about it, but you, you kind of embrace it, you know. So it's like I feel like we should have the same when it comes to our real um, life things that have happened to us in the past. Absolutely. So we have a fun question for you for tonight. We always have one for our guests. Coach, I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> so, in being the runner that you are, um, what is a random slash weird song that you like to run to? Like one that you wouldn't typically think would help somebody, but it helps you run. It could be like a I funny like, song. I like love music. I don't have like a, I just started running with music. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. This is like a stump question because uh -huh. I really, I really don't have like a, a go-to song right now. Okay, like a funny weird song. Okay, so yeah, yeah. okay. No, like, I know that. Um, no, that goes with it because I think people run the fast music, so the fact you run a love song that's pretty. Cool. Yeah, I love. I I'm like a lover, so I'm like, it's either gonna be Nipsey. It's no in between. It's either a Nipsey playlist or just like a random selection. Of love songs, like I play I Carrie Honey, like fantasy. It's just I'm not gonna sing on here. I need to run today. Actually, you just ever after my running list. 
okay. I think you answered it good. So um, honestly, how does this relate to self-love? Self-love is owning your story. Loving yourself, even your story, you know. Um, I think sometimes we partially love, like we love certain parts about ourselves, you know, the pretty parts, this and that. Love all of you, where'd you, everything that, that you came from, acknowledge who you are, why you are the way you are. I think all that goes hand in hand. So that's how this relates to self-love. So we have a question. How do you practice self-love? I do a lot of notes to myself, like every night. I have a, a jar that sits on my countertop. So when I come in at the end of the day, I write a note. So it's either one thing I'm thankful for or like a note to self. And so I'm constantly affirming myself um, and, and putting it in the note jar every every day. Um, recently, I just started re or rereading um, The Sacred Woman. And so yeah, that's reading it now. That's allowing me to tap more into a self-awareness that I didn't know that I needed. And so I feel like this is going to develop a whole nother area of self-love for me. But I do a lot of self-talk like Rashida, let's go. Rashida, one more mouth. Rashida, you got this. Like it's a lot of self-talk um, motivating myself because if I can't rely on nobody else. You can rely on yourself. Absolutely. And it's funny because when I bought um, a sacred woman, I remember the the lady at the store was telling me she was like, um, you know, you have to read this with a grain of like read it real, real slow, take it in. It is one of those books you really have to slowly go through. But it, I, yeah, I feel you on the healing. I picked it up like two years ago. I wasn't ready for it. I picked it up two years ago. I opened it. and I was like, I put it back. Yeah. And so but now I'm in a space where I'm receiving it. I'm digesting it, and and that's something that we can attest to life. Like sometimes stuff going to be in front of you, you're not going to be ready for it. But if it's meant to be, it's going to circle back at some point when you're ready and it's going to be right when you need it. And so because I'm on my spiritual journey, like being more invested in that, this is right on time. I got my highlighter like, yep, this is what we're doing. This is what we so um, and that's just encouraging for anything like life will give you what you need when you need it. Oh, I love that. And, and Bessie, what's our last question for her for tonight? Um, so this is the question we like to ask all of our guests. What do you want to be remembered for? I want to be remembered for... Sorry, these are some reflection questions that you need time to kind of sit with, but I know we're on a time crunch. Um, I want to be remembered for a person that was always willing to try. Like there's nothing that's off limits for me. Like I, I'm always willing to experience the fullness of life. Like when it's all over again, I don't want nothing to have been left on the table. I remember Nipsey standing in one of his interviews and that's really how I feel like anything, whether it's running, biking, trying a different food, experiencing a different country, meeting and connecting with people amongst different cultures, I don't want anything left untouched if it's a desire in a heart of mine. And so in doing that, I hope that I connect with, with as many people as possible to plant seeds so they can be, or whoever can be encouraged to do the same. Like we literally only have this life one time that we know of. And so in it, I want to live it till it's fullest. And that's what I want to be re remembered for. Like mm -hmm. I wrote books, I did I, adventure. I was like Santiago and the alchemist, like literally, living in my journey and in my truth and so that's what i would probably want to be remembered well you are definitely doing it that's what i throw that out there it was it was it's an honor to have, to have you on our platform and you know go piggyback bagging off what she said let your light shine you know i think that's the best thing let it show why are we hiding it let's show it and put it out there and own our story and what's our wrap up for tonight best friend so take time to learn your story and when you do don't be afraid to share it because you'll be healing not only yourself but others as well and that's something we wanted to leave everybody off with and hopefully it's a message that with this episode that is being um conveyed to anybody listening out there because you never know right it doesn't have to be on a grand scale but it can be just that one person who may have needed your words it may have been yourself as well because they do say your answers are already found within um, so maybe in doing all that self-talk or just sharing your story, um, maybe healing just yourself. And that's really where it starts from. Oh, yes. Can I have something for you all before I go? Oh, yes. Okay, yes. So I have the mental note cards here. This is what the deck looked like. 
So out of affirmations, quotes, songs, activities, which one do you want me to pull from? And that's where we can share with Ooh. the audience. Okay. You said affirmations, quotes. Quotes, activities, songs, coping skills, writing prompts. I'll pull from out of the segment and that's what we'll leave on. Which one best friend? I'll let you pay. I will do quotes. Okay. Quotes. I guess you love quotes. <laughs> Good one. Okay, I am pulling. It's the blue section if you ever get a dick. Okay. Okay, so this one reads, if you cannot find peace within yourself, you will never find it anywhere else by Marvin Gaye. Ooh, I love that one. Can we do activity one too? Yes. <laughs> uh, and this is on the back, so it's double-sided. I'll read this oh, quote okay. as well. Learn to let vulnerability inspire you and not frighten you. What makes you vulnerable is what makes you human. So yes. I think that both of these are in a line with what we were talking about. Yes. Completely. And you said it's a song? Uh, activity. Oh, activity. Mm -hmm. Let's see. Activity. Spend your life finding your purpose or live a purposeful life. Watch Walt Disney's movie Soul starring Jamie Foxx. Then take time to reflect on the film and explore how can it apply to you. Whoa. Okay. Like that. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. The one on that, because it's double-sided, this oh. activity, explore different genres of music. Create a playlist of music that makes you feel good. Visit Mental Notes, Feel Good Music by Imani Tafik and to pre for a preset playlist. So I also have a preset playlist. So. She got a, play a preset playlist, y'all, too. <laughs> yes, it. this is the deck. Again, if you're interested, it's on my website, uh, mentalnotebyimanitafik.com. Justice is on tafikspublishing.com. Um, it's on Amazon. And so, again, these are tangible tools that you can use that can be helpful from the company of your own home. I love it. Can you also shout your Instagram out and the other websites for the audience? Yes. Um, again, mental note underscore by Imani underscore is for anything related to um, the mental health component. And then justice is Tafix or at Tafix Publishing on Instagram is where you can get the book. Um, if you order it from my website, it's the book. An activity book is also included um, in bookmarks. And yeah, that's that's my my plugs. Make sure I, you guys tap in and support. I love it. Yes, and I believe going on it now too. Absolutely. Love it. We appreciate y'all tapping into our third episode of our new segment, Speak Up JV Now. But before we go, a quick shout out to our amazing sponsors. Shout out to My Bar, located at 720 East Manchester, Inglewood, California. Get your nails, your lashes, your hair done. Ask for mine. Tell them that Speaker JB sent you this. The Instagram is at myy.bar. And shout out to Crafted by 213. Is your partner tired of your lackluster performance in the kitchen? Are you tired of opening the fridge and not knowing what to cook? Do you close your full pantry and say there's nothing to eat? Call Crafted by 213. From catering to classes, let them craft the perfect experience for you. Bringing the flavors of the West Coast with love, Crafted by 213 will always leave you satisfied. Ask for a quote on IG at craftedb.213. And, and last but not least, shout out to Be Actual Natural. Why started for less? All their products are created with you in mind. We're going to get, let yourself love show through your self-care. Their chemical-free hair and skin products are handmade, plant-based, and free of fillers or preservatives. Treat yourself while taking care of yourself. Start your journey at www.beactualnatural.com and the Instagram is at beactualnatural. Thank you again for uh, joining us. This was an amazing episode. Yes, and I hope, I hope you guys are all out there enjoyed enjoy as well. Tap in with us. Our Instagram is at speakupjv. My Instagram is at Bernice. That's V is the Victor, E-R-N-I-S-A. We're on Twitter at speakupjv. And also check out our pre-recorded episodes on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Speaker JV is global. We love y'all. Hope you guys are having a great year. See y'all next Thursday at 8.30 p.m. Bye. Okay.